Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You know, just in line with what Pastor Larry said about opportunities that we have because of God's assignments on this house, I was recently listening to Charles Capps, and Charles Capps was asking the Lord why Oral Roberts was trying to build all of that university in the middle of an economic slump. And, you know, he, he got in a place where he was, you know, having, he was stalling out and being able to build because he needed the money uh, to come in to build some of those buildings for ORU. And the Lord, here's, here's Charles Capps saying, Lord, why did you tell him to build all of that right now? And the Lord said, so that people would have something to give into. And he said, I got my checkbook out and wrote a check. The Lord said, that's what I'm doing. And when people sow into it, they have an opportunity to give into the kingdom. He said, I, I told him to do it so that people would have, have an opportunity to get connected to my plan. Praise God. That is a renewing of the mind, isn't it? It's a renewing of the mind to help us understand. You know, God was feeding the prophet. He was providing water out of that brook. The reason he moved him over to the widow's house was because the widow needed to eat. Not because God couldn't take care of the man of God. He wasn't saying like, I need a widow who's able to support my man because I'm out of resources. God's like, Gabriel, we're out of resources here. No, God was able to supply, but the woman needed. She was about to eat her last. But praise God for an opportunity to sow into the work, to sow into the word. Amen. Amen. It kept her, it kept her son and even provided a way for resurrection some years later when she needed her son brought back to life. So praise God. We are in a good place. Let's look at Psalm 121. Psalm 121. The Lord spoke to me in October of last year, October the 9th, and he said, we're entering a season that will require the walk of faith, another depth of skill in walking in the Spirit. He gave me five specific points. He said, know the leading with the certainty, practice obedience, develop humility and the love walk. The fruit of the Spirit is vital. And then he said, Trust in God, trust in His ways, and trust in His Word are safeguards. And last Sunday night, we started talking about the Lord's ability to keep us. And that's, we're developing our trust in the Lord. And so here we are in Psalm 121. It says something in verse 1. I'm going to read the King James, and then I'm going to read what the center column reference says. I might even want to switch over and try and amplify it when we get to this. Let me read King James first. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. 
when you, when you first hear that, it doesn't seem to go with the rest of the verse, the rest of the, ca- the chapter. And this is why. The, the center column reference says, Shall I lift up my eyes to the hills? Whence or from where should my help come? Can I see the Amplified there in verse 2? No, verse 1 of the Amplified. Hallelujah. Because we're looking to the Lord. That's the emphasis of the rest of the chapter. So when it says, shall I lift up my eyes in the center column reference, it's saying, shall I look to the hills like I'm expecting some army and some king to come over the hill and rescue me and and protect me and save me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will lift up my eyes to the hills around Jerusalem, to sacred Mount Zion and Mount Moriah. From where shall my help come? And we can see that that's quoting from Jeremiah 3. So when he's, he's saying, where does my help come from? Where am I going to look? Where am I going to? I'm going to lift up my eyes. I'm going to look. Where is my help coming from? And then in verse 2, he answers his own question. My help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade upon your right hand. That word means defense or protection. The Lord is your defense or your protection upon your right hand. The sun shall not smite you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. Can God do that? Oh, yes, He can. Oh, He, he excels. He excels at keeping us. He shall preserve you from all evil. I think that one needs to go on our refrigerator. We just need to have that one like pasted on the mirror, right? Y'all kind of, do y'all got stuff on your refrigerator? Got stuff on your mirror or something? You know, you want to keep it? You want to keep it going in? We need that one there. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Go through this chapter and I want you to underline the times that you see keep, keepeth, or preserve. Verse 3, he keeps. Verse 4, he that keepeth. Verse 5, he's your keeper. Verse 7, preserve you. Preserve you twice in verse 7. Verse 8, preserve you. Hallelujah. Because that is, an, it, it's necessary for us to make that an emphasis. It's necessary for us to take the time to build our faith. We found out last Sunday night while we were discussing this that he, we are kept by His power 
through faith. Can we look back at 1 Peter and just remind ourselves what the Holy Spirit emphasized? Because that's how the Holy Spirit really kind of put the magnifying glass on last week's teaching along this line, talking about the connection in our faith and His ability to protect us. 1 Peter 1 and verse 5. You who are kept, you who are kept, just go ahead and call yourself kept, kept, I'm kept. Hello, I'm kept of the Lord. Kept by the power of God through faith unto rescue, unto deliverance, unto liberation, unto salvation. You're kept by the power through faith. And we looked at some instances of that confidence. For instance, we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, that the Apostle Paul, he said, we're talking about the God who did deliver, He delivered us, He does deliver, and we trust that He will yet deliver. Yeah. Amen? He has a track record because I've got all kinds of testimonies how he's already brought me through some things, how he's already rescued me, how he supernaturally kept me in that situation. I've got, I've got testimonies of God. And not only that, but I know he's working it out for me right now. He's delivering me right now. He's keeping me right now. He's making a way where there doesn't seem to be a way right now. He does deliver. And I have confidence he will yet. That there's nothing I'm going to walk into tomorrow that I have to suddenly buckle at the knees and start fearing because he will yet deliver me. Because that's who he is in my life. He is my keeper. The Lord is my keeper. That's what Psalm 121 verse 5 says. The Lord is our keeper. We need to know Him as our keeper. We need to have confidence in Him as our keeper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the ways that God keeps us is by the authority of His Word, by the application of the blood, by the name of Jesus. These are all protections or instruments of protection that he has provided in his covenant. Let's look at a couple of, uh, of testimonies. Psalm 27, 5. Psalm 27, 5. In the time of trouble. Now this is the psalmist talking about something that hasn't happened yet, but he knows what will happen if he finds himself in the time of trouble. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up on a rock. We need to have that expectation. We need to have that confident expectation. In the time of trouble, I go to the rock of my salvation. I go to the stone that the builders rejected. I climb to the mountain and the mountain stands by me. When the world all around is sinking sand, on Christ the solid rock I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock 
We need to know the rock. We need to know he is my rock. Hallelujah. In the time of trouble, he's going to set me on a rock. In the time of trouble, I'm not looking for failure. I'm not looking for falling apart. I'm not expecting not to make it. I'm, ex- I'm in the rock. I'm going to the rock of my salvation. He will set me in the rock. He will set me up on a rock. He will hide me in his pavilion In the secret of his tabernacle, he shall hide me. Hallelujah. Can God hide you? Right out there in the middle of of all that you are walking through, he can hide you. So the enemy can't reach you. The enemy can't seem to get a grip on you. The enemy, he can aim, he can fire his arrows, but the shield of faith will quench all of the fiery flaming missiles of the enemy. Hallelujah. Psalm 32, verse 7. 32, 7. You are my hiding place. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. Hallelujah. You shall preserve me. Did we see that in Psalm 121? That he will preserve my going in and my coming out. From now and forever, you preserve me from trouble. You shall compass me about. Did y'all know God sings? I look forward to hearing the Father sing. God sings. And he sings over you. And he sings over me songs of deliverance. I just broke out into song. I believe God does that. I believe believe you're walking through a situation and God just steps over and just sings over you. Songs. It says right here, you will compass me about with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. We need to pick up on those deliverance songs. We need to pick up on those songs about how he keeps me. The Lord is keeping me. Come on, just, just burst out into song whenever you, you have that, that heaviness or that oppression. No, no, no. Let me, let me tell you, the Lord is keeping me. He compasses me about with songs of deliverance. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 91. We're not going to look at the whole, whole psalm this week, but I just want to look. Let's go five through eight. And if you could give me Amplified. Psalm chapter 91, the whole psalm fits here, but for the purpose of what we're talking about, how the Lord can separate us, he can hide us, he can compass us about with songs of deliverance, he can set us up on a rock, he can can put us in his pavilion, he's our hiding place, he preserves us. We need to see these different expressions so that we can picture it as God is walking us through safely whatever situation we need to be walked through. Psalm 91.5 in the Amplified says, You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots and slanders of the wicked that fly by day. You don't need to be afraid at night, and you don't need to be afraid in the day. 
nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. You don't need to be afraid of that either. You know, for us to trust in the Lord, we're going to have to look at fear differently than society looks at fear. Society thinks fear is entertainment, and they pay a lot of money to celebrate fear. Have a whole holiday just around fear with vampires and witches and all of that other nonsense. Why? Because they think fear is fun. But we know that fear is is off limits. It's, It's something not compatible with the heart of a believer. It doesn't fit us. Because God is our God. I mean, God, this is his perception. Listen to what God says. God says, fear thou not, for I'm with you. Like, what? Hello, I'm right here. Why would you fear? I'm right here. I'm with you. So there's no reason to fear. I said I'd never leave you. I'd never forsake you. When you walk through the water, I'll be with you. The floods, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it will not kindle upon you. He is near that justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Who is my adversary? Let him come. See that attitude right there? He is near. Let him come near to me. Who is my adversary? What's the enemy going to do when God is on my side? God is with me. And so God's attitude is... There's absolutely no reason for us to fear. No reason. But fear is taught and fear is practiced in our society. We as believers have to look at it differently. That's the renewing of the mind where fear is concerned and not tolerate any form of fear, such as worry. Worry is fear. Anxiety is fear. They are, they, it, it works in, in the emotions and in the mind, that worry, but you know what? It affects the body. Do you know there are people who have ulcers in their stomach because of a thought of worry? Because it's not just a thought. There are no, there are no, um, Empty thoughts. Thoughts are filled with something. Thoughts are containers that carry the wisdom of God or the the intent of the enemy or the reasonings of men. So we've got to choose what thoughts we accept. Remember, we're supposed we are we are capable of taking every thought captive. It is possible. And when you learn to police the door of your mind, you know, like Brother Keith says, put the bouncer at the door (laughs) with the list of what's permitted in the mind, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are honest, if of good report, if there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things, Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. That's my list. And then so if the thought comes, 
and it's not on the list, it doesn't get permission to enter. Remember what happened in the parable of the sower. There were thoughts that entering in choked out the word. See, the entering in choked out. Entering in, it choked out the word. If they never enter, they can't choke the word. If I stop the entrance of the worry, the, the, it says the, the cares of this world, those are worries, anxieties, frettings. If I stop the worry it can't, from entering, it can't choke the word. If I stop the fear from entering, it can't undermine my trust in God. So I've got to be on a different mindset, a different level of of thinking where fear is concerned. Fear is contraband. I don't want to get caught with it. So what do I do? I cast my care. I cast my care. If I find myself carrying care, I'm like, oh my, this is contraband. I can't get caught with this. Get this care off me. Cast my care upon the Lord. Amen? So fear is something that we have to understand as we're developing this trust that is a safeguard. If I'm trusting, I cannot trust and fear at the same time. For me to fear, I have to set trust aside to operate fear. So I don't want to set my trust aside because my trust in God is a connection to his keeping power. He can't keep me if I'm not trusting in him. Psalm 91 started with saying, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge. We talked about how our faith, those words connect us to the keeping power of God. When, When the Hebrew boys were about to be thrown into the fire, they said, we don't have to be careful about the way we answer you. And out of their mouth came their faith. God will deliver us from this fiery furnace. God will keep us. He will preserve us. They spoke those, those declarations and they weren't empty declarations of, of positive uh, uh, things to say. They were from their heart. That's what they really believed. So we have to develop the trust so that in those situations we have the right words coming out with power hallelujah so we've got to back up then and look and see areas of worry areas of fear we need to recognize them and don't feed them 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 with news reports about murders and, 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 and whatever's on the news. Don't feed worry. Don't feed fear. It's like, go to the zoo, it says, don't feed the animals. <laughs> don't feed these things, you don't want them to grow. Amen. Hallelujah. We will not... Fear. He says, you shall not be afraid. You shall not be afraid of this. You shall not be afraid of that. Verse 7. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near. <laughs> is, 
Is my right hand not near? <laughs> Lord, if you were to ask me, I would say, if at my right hand, that's pretty near. But God said, that's not near. <laughs> that's not even close. Not even close. It shall not come near to you. Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible in the secret place. That's what the Amplified says. Only a spectator shall you be yourself inaccessible. Oh, glory. Inaccessible. Why? I'm in the secret place. In the time of trouble, he put me in his pavilion. In the time of trouble, he put me in his tabernacle. In the time of trouble, he set me on a rock. Hallelujah. I am inaccessible. Why? Because I'm in the secret place. How do I get there? Faith. I trust God. I believe God. I'm expecting. I'm depending upon him. I'm looking to him. I'm talking about how he keeps me. I'm singing about how he keeps me. I'm celebrating how he keeps me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we're kept by the power of God. He is our keeper. We're separated by his power. Psalm 33. The word has life for our trust. Let's begin in verse 16. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. The horse, right? Behold, so he's talked about the king isn't strong enough to save. The mighty man, the horse... Even though it has a lot of strength, it's not, it's a, it is a vain thing for safety. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him. That's respect and, and honor. The eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. Now, I made this statement today, but I'm going to tell you again. Mercy is not is not um, feeling sorry for someone. Mercy, because we're like, oh, just have mercy on them, like feel sorry for them, or, 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 or just give them, you know, a break because, you know, we, we, we're having pity on them. Mercy is, is loving kindness and tender compassion. It's, it speaks of this this heart of such a love and, and a, a, um, a caring and an, it, the word ardent love is one in, in the definition, an ardent, fiery, a fiery love that he has for us. It's like a, a, a burning flame of love that he has for his people. Amen? Amen? That's his mercy. And it says, for those of us who hope in his mercy, his eye is upon us. God, who's God looking for? 
those who are trusting in Him, those who are hoping God, hoping in His mercy, hoping in His love for me, hoping God is my keeper. That's who His eye, the eye of the Lord. Does it say the eye of the Lord? That means God's looking. He's searching. He's saying, who's trusting in me? Because that's the person I can move for. If we're not trusting in Him, if we're not opening that opportunity for God to be God, He can't force His way into our life and preserve us if we're not yielding to Him. He's a gentleman. He, he does things justly. He's not going to force His protection on anybody. People can say, well, why is this, all these school shootings? They took God's, they, 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 know, they, they said, we don't want the Bible in here. We don't want you praying in here. And God said, oh, I'm not welcome. So what can I do in that building if you're not letting me in? Right? That's why we want to say, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I'm looking to you. I'm expecting you. I'm putting my hope in you. He just went through this list. The king, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. But the eye of the Lord is upon those who are fearing or hoping in him. What to do what? To deliver their soul from death, and to keep them alive in famine. He says, who can I rescue? Who can I protect? Who's allowing me entrance into their life to be their God and to be their keeper? He's looking to deliver and looking to keep. And then verse 20, our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let your mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in Thee. That word hope is expect. Right? We're looking to You. So let your mercy... Be according to the fact that we're hoping, waiting, expecting, looking to God as our keeper. Amen? Let's look at Psalm 112. And we'll read 7 and 8. We love Psalm 112. It's, it gives us a picture of the righteous. We find ourselves right here. We are that person who delights greatly in God's commandments. Our seed is mighty upon the earth. Wealth and riches are in our house, right? Verse 7, he shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Let's settle that. Now I know how to act. When I get evil tidings, now I know how to respond. I will not be afraid. I know that's off the table. That is no longer an option. <laughs> I get evil tidings. Fear is not an option. It is possible to never be afraid another day in your life. 
It's possible. Never to be afraid another day in your life. So what do we have here? We have an, an, a picture of those who are righteous, who delight greatly in God's commandments, who are walking in God's ways. We shall not be afraid of evil tidings. Why? Our heart is fixed. Trusting in the Lord. If I'm trusting in the Lord, evil tidings won't move me. If I'm trusting in the Lord, circumstances and situations and, and evil reports aren't going to change. Why? Because I'm anchored. I'm anchored. I'm trusting in the Lord and it causes my heart to be fixed. It, that fixed is like that anchor that's holding that, that ship no matter how much the wind is trying to pull it and the waves are trying to pull it, it's anchored and it's got that anchor stuck down under a rock and so nothing is able to move it and pull it away from its position because of that trust anchor. He says, our heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. His heart is established. That's what trusting does. It establishes us. The earth is established on the word of God. We, 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 we establish our lives on the word. Amen? His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. Hallelujah. So how do we respond? I'm trusting in the Lord. So I've got to have that already in place so that when an evil tiding comes, I'm already anchored. I don't have to say, wait, wait, drop the anchor. You know, by the time they get the anchor going, they've already moved some away from that position, right? If, if, have you ever seen one of those big ships and they got those huge anchors like the size of this platform and, and so they're out there in the water, the waves are coming and the wind is blowing and they're like, we need to stay in this place and they say, drop the anchor. Well, it takes a few minutes for that anchor to get down and find a rock and it's going to drag a little bit before it gets secured. I don't want to be moved while I'm trying to drop my anchor. Let me go ahead and go ahead and be anchored so that if a storm comes up, if a situation arises, I'm anchored. I'm already anchored. I've already, I've already put my trust in the Lord. And I don't have to go find out how to wait, wait, wait. I've got to trust in God in this minute. No, I'm already trusting in Him. I've already been developing that trust in Him. Hallelujah. Remember, we're kept by His power through faith. Hallelujah. So Psalm 18. And let's look at verse 1 and 2. I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength in whom I will trust. My buckler and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. 
I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. But notice, he's already established who the Lord is to him. The Lord is my rock. The Lord is my fortress and my deliverer. That's just not song material. This is reality to us. This is who he really is. It does make a good song, but the reason it makes a good song is because I believe that about him. Yeah. <laughs> he is my rock. He is my fortress. He is my deliverer. Yeah. Same chapter, let's look at verse 28. For you will light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by you I have run through a troop. And by my God have I leaped over a wall. Hallelujah. Talking about in a time where you're in adversity. By Him you can run through a troop. Through His power you can leap over that wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that need Him. All those that... that uh, um, are in trouble? No, all those who trust in Him. All those who trust in Him. He can be a buckler to those who trust in Him. Hallelujah. For who is God? Save the Lord. Who is a rock? Save our God. It is God that girds me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like hind's feet and sets me upon my high places. I like to watch some nature documentaries just because they don't cuss. I don't have to worry. You know, you, I can learn something and I know I'm not going to have to turn the channel in the middle of, the story, in the middle of a show, right? No, yeah, so that, that, that I am intrigued. I am intrigued with the mountain goats. Have you watched these little mountain goats? Have you seen these? It is, I saw it in scripture, but when I saw these little goats and even some bigger ones on the side of a, a sheer cliff, jump from one cliff to the other. They jump all around on the cliff and never fall. And that's the scripture illustration that God gives us for us to expect. He makes my feet. The reason they can do that is their feet are created to do it. They find their safety up on those cliffs because the wolves can't get to them and the jaguars can't get to them and the tigers and the lions and the bears, oh my, they can't get to them. They're safe in that place. That's a place of safety. They're up there on the rock. And they can just jump around and, and enjoy their lives. And that's what God says. He makes our feet like hinds feet. So that we can stay up there in a place where the enemy cannot reach us. We, can, we still have all of our provision up there. We have all that we need up there. And enjoy our lives. Hallelujah. He makes our feet 
like hinds feet and sets us upon our high places. He teaches my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. Now think about this. It, it begins by saying, God gives me light. He lights my candle. And even in, in dark places, I have light. He will enlighten my darkness. That's one way he keeps us. Then he says, he gives me strength, supernatural strength, supernatural ability so that I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. That didn't happen because of my prowess. That didn't happen because David's prowess. His ability, it happened because he is saying God did that. God supernaturally, that's how God kept him. In one situation, it was light that kept him. In one situation, it was supernatural ability that kept him. In one situation, he girds me with strength. He makes my way, it, when it says he makes my way, it's, he makes crooked places straight, the Bible says in Isaiah. It says, when you acknowledge the Lord, he will unbend your paths. Hallelujah. That's one way he keeps us. He makes our way perfect. He's working things out. We don't even know he's working things out. Sell of the house, he's working it out. Hallelujah, working it out. Your, doc, your daughter in the, uh, the ICU... God just made that way perfect. He just, and the doctors couldn't even figure out what happened. But God made that perfect. God just worked it out. He worked it out. That's one way he keeps us. Notice it says, he makes my feet like hinds feet. That's a whole different way. But it's one of the many ways God uses to keep us. He sets us upon high places. That's the way that he keeps us. He just picks us up and sets us up out of the trouble. Amen? And then here's another one. He teaches my hands to war. He, he teaches me how to fight in that battle. You've given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has hold, held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You've enlarged my steps under me that my feet did not slip. All of those are different ways, but they're all keeping power. Now, I'm going to go back to Psalm 91. I was going to, I feel like I'm, I'm, I need to say this while we're here looking at that. We just saw all those different ways. And all of them are God's ability to keep us. Look at Psalm 91. Now, here's what I'm going to do first. I'm going to show you three different, three different instances where the word deliver is in this chapter. It's in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Hallelujah. It's in verse 14. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. It's in verse 15. He will call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. We see three instances that in this English King James Version, they have translated it the same word. But in the original Hebrew language, they are three different words. And it's important for us to identify this because 
we don't want to think God didn't bring a deliverance for us because we don't know how to recognize it. Do we see in that other thing that sometimes God delivers me by making my feet like hind's feet? Sometimes he delivers me by enlightening my darkness. Sometimes he delivers me by strengthening my hands for war or by teaching my hands to war. Sometimes he strengthens me in this way and sometimes it's another, but it's in each instance, it's God's way to bring me out of that situation. Okay, in verse 3. The word deliver means to snatch away, to rescue by snatching away. So the adversity is coming, the difficulty is coming, and and we've already established God is my keeper. I trust in the Lord. He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in Him do I trust. And now we have this declaration, surely he will snatch you away. He will snatch you out of harm's way. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. But the next word in verse 14, because he has set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. This word means to escape, to slip away or bring into security, to escape, or slip away. An example would be in Luke chapter 4 and verse 30, when they were attempting to throw Jesus off the cliff, and he just walked through the crowd. They're like, who's holding him? Where'd he go? I thought you had him. No, I thought you had him. I did have him, but suddenly he was gone. He just slipped away. Hallelujah. So that's different from snatching me out at the last minute. From snatching me from from that oncoming adversity. Just causing me to escape it is different from the snatching away. And then in verse 15, he will call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him. This word means to equip for war. To arm for war. He teaches my hands to war. Sometimes he enlightens my darkness. Sometimes he makes my feet like hind's feet. Sometimes... He snatches me out. Sometimes he just makes me escape it. I just walk right out of it. Somehow I got out of that. And other times he equips me to overcome that. He equips me and arms me with what I need to defeat that problem. And if a person refuses the equipping because they want the snatching, Oh, Lord, I don't want to have to fight it. I just want you to snatch me out of this. I don't want to have to stand and overcome it. I just want you to pluck me out of this mess. Just, I like that escape one. Let me escape. Let me just walk right out of this. And God says, no, I'm going to equip you so that you can overcome it. And the devil can never attack you with it again. 
Once you overcome it, you've already figured out how to defeat that. Hallelujah. I mean, that's, that's like the, it, it, the advanced version, maybe, of, of, of that overcoming. But once you know how to overcome it, if it comes again, I got this. I know how to overcome it. God has already showed me how to respond to that. He's already equipped me and armed me to defeat this adversity, to defeat this trouble. Hallelujah. That's just as much his keeping power as snatching me out or causing me to escape. Hallelujah. What is it dependent upon? I will trust. He's looking for those who are trusting in him. He's looking for those who are hoping in his power. That's why we've got to train ourselves Money is not my source. God is my source. Well, but I need money for all of these things. Money can't fix all those things. God can fix all those things. His ways, His system. It says the deceitfulness of riches. That was part of what choked out the word. The deceitfulness of riches. You know what the deceitfulness of riches is? Money, money will fix it, but money can't fix a marriage. I said, well, if we just had more money, we wouldn't argue. No, no, money's just a magnifier of whatever's already there. If that person, listen, you give, uh, you give $10,000 to an addict, it's going to magnify what's there. You give $10,000 to a righteous person, it's going to magnify what's in them. They're going to be generous with it. And this other person's going to go blow it on drugs. Because money, in its essence, is just a magnifier. It's just a tool to, to fulfill what's in that person's heart. So money won't fix it, but God can fix it. God's the one who can fix it. He's the one who can fix things money can't fix. So that's why we've got to look at, at people, at money, at uh, at whatever thing and put it on a lower level and God is above that. God is my keeper. He is my shelter. He is my helper. He's the one I turn to. He's my, he's my body healer. He's my, my mind regulator. He's my, the one who fixes my blood sugar. He's, uh, he is, he is uh, whatever I need, I'm looking to him first and wanting his wisdom because he can keep me. He can keep us. Hallelujah. All right. Y'all, I've been coming to the pulpit without a watch and have mercy on me. It's, not, it's just because I didn't need my, my iPad. I had it printed out. So I do want to close now. I don't have any idea what time it is. Does it matter? See, I'm right on time then. Okay, we're closing out. Psalm 31. <laughs> Psalm 31. Let's look at this. In you, O Lord... Do I put my trust? Go ahead and put that in your journal and pray it out. Pray that in the mornings. In you, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear unto me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. 
for a house of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Do you know Jesus taught us to pray, deliver me from evil? It's right for us to pray that. Lord, deliver me from evil. Don't lead me in a way that I just veer away from any temptation. Amen? He said to pray that. Deliver me from evil. Lead me not unto temptation. Amen. So here we have, you are my rock for your name's sake. Lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net they've laid privately for me. For you are my strength. Now this next verse, you'll recognize. Into your hand, I commit my spirit. Where do, we, where do we recognize that from? Jesus said that on the cross. Jesus said that on the, what was he saying? I trust. Jesus is about to give up his life. He is about to yield and surrender his life willingly. And what he's saying is, I'm not going to stay dead. I trust that God will raise me back. God will bring me back to life. Into your hand I commit. That's what trust is. If you were to ask me, what's the difference between faith and trust? Trust is the commitment of faith. It's, it's faith that has that commitment on it. It's that, it's that committed application of my faith. I trust. I commit to believe God. I commit to trust in God for this area in my life. Into your hand, I commit my spirit so once we make that commitment, then what do we do? How do we stay in that place of trust with that commitment? Verse 7, I will be glad and rejoice in your mercy, for you have considered my trouble, you have known my soul in adversities. When we are rejoicing, that's how we keep the trust in motion, that Release of the rejoicing, that release of the, the um, gladness out of our mouth is, is the continual process, application, working of that trust. Hallelujah. I will be glad and I will rejoice. That's a decision that I make. It's the evidence of my trust is I am rejoicing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 9, have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. 
My eye is consumed with grief, yea, my soul and my belly, for my life is spent with grief and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my iniquity and my bones are consumed. I was a reproach among all my enemies, but especially among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they devised to take away my life. The, 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 the psalmist has some serious adversity and pressure and danger coming against his life. He, from verse 9 to verse 13, he has acknowledged the difficulty But verse 14 puts it all in perspective. But I trusted in you, O Lord. How did you trust? I said, you are my God. You are my God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see this commitment. We see this rejoicing. And we see this choice. I trust in the Lord, even when all of these things from every different situation, I will say, you are my God. Hallelujah. Sarah received strength to conceive because she considered him faithful. That's trust. That's how we trust. We consider God faithful. Amen? Stand with me to your feet. Did you receive tonight?